Welcome to Forever Yellow and Black as we dissect another Tiger victory in this strange, strange 2020. I'm going to come across pretty tired after being at the uh, lucky enough to be at the Gabba again last night. Fifth Richmond game of the year in Queensland that we've seen. All five wins. Um, th- you know, two of them scrappy. But definitely, it's great to be here. We are Forever Yellow and Black. Get away with a uh, win last night at the Gabba. Just what we needed to uh, finish off round 12. Kept ourselves well and truly in the hunt for a top four finish. Um, it started off pretty well. You know, two goals each in the first quarter. Just couldn't get that uh, that ball inside 50 uh, to unmarked uh, forwards. Um, by half time, we were down by 10 points. Certainly could have been far worse. Um, Gold Coast had taken their chances, made the right decisions. Could have been four or five goals up at half time. Uh, then it would have been obviously game over. Um, we came back to lead at by three quarter time, and then ran over the top of them in the last quarter. So we won eight five fifty three to four eight thirty two. A couple of pivotal moments in the match in the third quarter. Um, the Suns certainly had a chance to go at least three goals up, uh, missing a sitter from around 15 metres out on a slide angle. We go up the other end and score, which is so common in football. Uh, and as we say, bad kicking is bad football. Um, best on ground last night. It was pretty tight. Um, number of uh, contributors there. Uh, Vlostone down back was a general. Bolter was fantastic. Um, keeping the emerging king uh, goalless. So a few donuts on his record this year. He's kept a few players to zero goals after having a bit of a down game against uh, Port. Um, and certainly, you know, as we said, Cochin in the middle. Dusty didn't have as many possessions, but when he did get the ball, was silky again. Uh, Rewalt and Lynch came good in the second half. Um, we, we're just very lucky with Cam McIntosh. Um, played a really good game and, you know, looked on the outer um, at certain parts last year and even this year, but was really assured. Um, Baker, once again, very tough and just, you know, it's one of those games. Awful game to watch. Beautiful to see Richmond come over the top. Just goes to show that in the next few years, if Gold Coast can keep their uh, crux of players together, they're going to be extremely hard to beat. So chalk these wins up in Queensland while we can. So conditions were fine last night. Um, just for those who don't live in Queensland, it can get quite, um, humidity can get quite high even at this time of year. The ball can be quite slippery, but the conditions looked really good last night. Perfect night for football. Um, Gold Coast set up extremely well. So at about 40 metres out, they seem to set up kind of a uh, an arc of players, four or five players. We just didn't get the penetration on our kicks. So they weren't in quick enough or they were too shallow. Didn't really give our forwards a chance to attack the ball. Um, I think it, when our running players tried to run through those lines, we probably overhandballed a little bit and so did the Suns. And, you know, a couple, couple examples in the game. Um, Bolton had a chance from about 40 out and went that extra handball uh, at a vital point in the game. And it was just a game that you take the four points. You load up for the Saturday Dreamtime game 
and you just be happy that uh, we, we got the win. It was an amazing crowd last night. Only a few thousand there, obviously, with COVID restrictions, but probably 90-odd percent Richmond again. And we, we do hope uh, our voices, and we're trying so hard to be loud for everyone, we hope they are um, certainly heard from the stands. Um, we do feel for our fellow Richmond supporters around the country, um, we hope you're coping okay. Uh, drop us a line at Paul underscore football or Forever Yellow and Black on Twitter and Facebook if you want to have a chat. I'm always open uh, for that as well because we know you're doing it tough. Every time that we're at the game, uh, quite a few of us, we Queensland Richmond supporters group, we all uh, acknowledge how extremely fortunate we are in very unfortunate times. So, you know, whilst that might not help you, we hope in, to some extent, um, certainly, um, that gives you some heart. We, we really are thinking of you. So, you know, we uh, dominated the game in terms of possessions. You know, uh, disposal efficiency, if you want to look at stats, was 70%. Didn't feel like that when we were there. Effective inside 50s, 41%. Um, you know, we had 20, uh, 22 shots from 54 inside 50s. Now, that's a massive amount of inside 50s. And we just really struggled to um, take advantage of that. And it, it really shows, you know, statistics and damn lies, as people say. But went inside our 50, 54 times. Now, Gold Coast rebounded from those 54 times on, on you know, four, uh, you know just over 40 occasions. So they really... I think the most disappointing thing was that we didn't contest a lot in the air. Um, we, I think we gave up 16 or 17 um, marks inside our 50, which is just so disappointing. Um, and, you know, it, it could have certainly cost us a game. The game was a lot co closer than the 21 points in the end. I think the extra couple days rest or few days rest certainly saw us over the line in the end. Um, definitely... Um, looking at some of the, the players who may have to make way. A lot of talk that uh, Pickett um, should make way, but I, I thought he was really good last night. A couple of times, yes, he got in the way of teammates, but when he got the ball, he just seemed assured, kicked a beautiful left-footed goal as well. Um, I, I think Chole didn't get delivery into the forward line. Soldo's tap work was great. His defensive work probably was a little bit below par, and everyone's talking about, including Dimmer, uh, that Nan Curvis should be a certainty to come back in. And, you know, I, I'm just not sure if that's what we should be doing. But, you know, our coaching hierarchy and, and, and selection committee know better than we do. I think Rioli tried hard, did a couple of nice little things as well. People are saying that Arts might need a break. I thought he was hard at the ball again. If anything, um, you know, I think once again, um, Castagno had a chance at a set shot and, shanked it as so I think he it's not just a set shot but I think he might be on the verge of being out of the team for a week or so um you know uh, possibly Sydney stack as well just not getting into the games you know a couple of possessions here and there but it's not getting into them so if Nen Curvis does come back and it's going to be a Ruckman for like was Soldo starting to look tired and we rest him or you know do we do we give up Chole? My my concern there is I think Chole can take a nice mark forward. Uh, he got his hands on the ball quite a bit last night, but you know in Dimmer and the selection committee we trust. So you know not not a game of brilliant highlights. Um, we didn't play very smart football for probably two and a half quarters. Um, we just didn't seem 
to lower our eyes. So there's a lot of kicks into about, you know, the 40, 50 metres out, uh, either resulted in the, the Gold Coast rebounding or, or them taking a direct mark against us. That was disappointing. But, you know, in saying that, we end up winning by 21 points. We've solidified our, our spot uh, on the ladder as well, which, you know, you can't complain uh, too much there. We, we got the four points. Nobody remembers these games at the end of the season. So the ladder right now, we'll just go through the uh, top probably 10, 11 teams. Port Adelaide on 36 with Brisbane, and then we have Geelong in third on 32 points with West Coast and St Kilda. We're back in sixth in 30 points, a game clear of Collingwood. Uh, Melbourne does have a game in hand as do GWS. They could go two points behind us theoretically. Then Melbourne in a 10th spot. So with the game in hand, Melbourne or GWS could get up there. Um, but the percentage will make a difference now. Um, in terms of, you know, having a couple teams with draws, including Essendon on, on the 22 points. I, I, I don't think they'll catch us, but, you know, there's that, that uh, possibility there. So the Gold Coast, uh, a couple of missed opportunities in the last few weeks. They've lost three games by, you know, a couple of goals or less. And obviously we're still in the game last night, so they'll be ruining those opportunities, but I don't care. Go us. Go Tigers. Yeah, a lot of talk in uh, social media and media circles uh, in regards to Tommy Lynch's uh, love tap to Sam Collins um, that I believe was actually um, further kind of blown out of proportion because I think Jake Arts actually um, had a little bit of a punch as well. It was the one that probably put Collins down and led to Lynch actually getting free in a lead and ended up kicking a vital goal in the game. Um, you know, Dimmer... And uh, Jack, in, in different interviews last night, said they liked the aggression from Tom. Um, Jack thinks he plays better when he's on the edge. Um, I honestly don't think there was much in that last night. You know, do we need to eradicate it from the game? Yeah, sure. Um, but if you're going to do it, just do it from the start of the season and suspend every single player who does it because uh, the fines are doing nothing at all. So, you know, with my even with my Richmond hat on, you know, if at the start of the season they said that's a week and, and players did it, you go, yeah, fine, we can cop that. But to say a player needs a week for that, you need to go through and look at a lot of different uh, different things like that. The commentators that are former players that played in the 80s and 90s and early 2000s when behind the scene hits um, or behind the play hits happened, dropping the elbows in marking contests, all those kind of things happened. The hypocrisy of these, uh, I don't want to say idiots, but pretty close to whatever word you want to find for that. For them to come out and say how much of a bad act that was by Tom Lynch last night, come on, seriously. If, if, if you did that in a game, and come on, people like Brownie, 
you, you did that in the game and you got suspended, you'd be ropeable. Now you guys are, are calling out for uh, suspensions and so forth. And Gary Lyon, obviously soft as butter, mate. Um, some of the crap you come out with, how you've still got a gig on TV, I don't know. But look, nevertheless, was it stupid? Yep. Should he, does he need to get rid of that kind of stuff? Yep, you can be aggressive. Do the push and shove. You don't need to hit someone in the stomach. Um, if it's going to make him play better, yeah, stay aggressive, mate. Uh, you can be the smiling assassin. Other people today in social media and so forth have said he's a dog and a horrible man. They wouldn't have a beer with him. Yeah, I'd have a beer with him. No problems at all. You know, is he a dog? Well, if he is a dog, fantastic, because I think dogs are brilliant. I love dogs. I don't know many people who don't. But in all seriousness, we're a big club now, again, um, people want to hate on us. I say fine. You know, hate's, you know, close to love. So let's go with that. Tom, just know where the line is, buddy, and uh, we love you, and that's all that really counts. So that's our say on the Tom Lynch matter. Uh, if you have anything you want to say, go to Forever Yellow and Black uh, on Twitter and Facebook or Paul underscore football and join in the uh, Tom Lynch uh, conversation. But I believe that Tom Lynch should just say, I am Sparta. This Saturday night, Richmond take on Essendon. Dream time at the G is dream time in Darwin. So really beautiful spiritual place, having been there uh, working in sport uh, on a number of occasions. Absolutely love Darwin. Uh, if you haven't been there before, please get there. Their sporting facilities are absolutely first rate. We'll be playing an Essendon team who's put in a few insipid performances, but are still um, right in the battle for a, a spot in the eight. So we need to put them away. We've got you know good form over Essendon in previous years. As we touched on earlier, uh, the selection table is going to be very interesting. Uh, I think uh, Castagna could be on his way out for a game. I think Stack could be. Uh, people talking about Nan Curvis coming in. If Nan Curvis does come in, he's going to be a little bit, um, obviously, you know, not match fit. Um, you would think the obvious uh, person to to make way there would be um, uh, Chol or Soldo. Soldo's tap work on Monday night was unbelievable. It's fantastic, and Chol round the ground gives us a little bit as well. So a little bit surprised that they've they've said Nan Curvis will be an automatic uh, walk up. I. I think there's going to be a really nice little bit of competition coming into the uh, latter part of this season now um, with, you know, what, five games to go before finals for us. So it's always good to have competition. But you also want to get a bit of consistency. Uh, we've got a lot of players potentially who, who will be coming back. Obviously, Hawley will be coming back uh, uh, this Saturday. So really, if that happens, it is going to be probably Stack uh, and either Charles Soto, who make way for Nan Curvis. Um, it's going to be an interesting game. Essendon, uh, the hallmarks of Essendon at the moment is a game plan that seems a little bit confused. Uh, a lot of possession. They're saying they want to play, a, or they've stated previously they want to play a very Richmond uh, style. Rutten's taking a lot of the coaching duties now. Uh, obviously, Blake Carousella coming from Tigerland is trying to instill that. It can't automatically be done. And they do seem to be a little bit confused at the moment Essendon with their game style under pressure you do revert to type and a lot of the Essendon players don't seem to know what their type is yet am I putting Essendon down no I'm not are they looking a bit confused do they have a lot of injuries yes they do a good time to take on Essendon uh, the dream time game always one of the great events uh, on the football calendar as well um, I think our boys are itching to get back in and play again um, so it's going to be very exciting I think that we really 
need to smarten up those um, those kicks into the forward line. Essendon does have a very good um, marking backline. So while some backlines might um, you know love the the spoiling and so forth with Hurley uh, and Co, uh, Essendon does have the ability to take those marks and then be able to rebound um, with guys like Saad. Um, coming off half back and through the middle of the ground, he does seem to take it on. When they take it on, they're going to be dangerous against us, but they also have the ability to turn it over. If they don't uh, take us on, they're going to kick the ball, try and do that possession game, and we're just going to need to play smart and really man up. Get off to a good start. Get off to good habits to start the game, and I think we will beat Essendon. I won't say comfortably, because in the shorter quarters, you don't have the, that ability to score those late goals each quarter um, that we have in past years. But if we're going to be a real contender this year, let's get that win on the board. Um, we played pretty poorly, um, obviously, against Gold Coast in patches and came over the top of them. We didn't play well against Port Adelaide. Could have won that game. You know, a few weeks ago against Greater Western Sydney, we played a great game but couldn't put the score on the board. So we're not far off. We're just a few kind of little points off being right where we want to be. A lot of players returning. You know, Shane Edwards um, down the track and obviously um, we've got Asprey to come back and Prestia in the middle. Don't underrate, and I know Richmond supporters don't, don't underrate the, the in and under that Prestia gives us as well. So I think we're really well positioned. We do need to win this kind of game and get a bit of gap on the lower part of the eight and to really close that gap with the upper echelon of the eight. Uh, this is our chance. Dream time in Darwin. 27 points. Um, but an easy 27 points win. Once again, give us your predictions at Forever Yellow and Black on Twitter and Facebook. Going to be interesting to see, as we said, who's going to um, basically get those ruck positions. Are we rotating? Is it on form? Because, you know, winning form is good form. Once again, go Tigers! With the imminent return of Basha Hawley, especially considering that we're playing the Dreamtime game in Darwin, uh, pretty timely to look at his career so far um, in light of the fact that he, we actually got him from Essendon. He was number 42 in the 2006 AFL National Draft, uh, came across to Essendon, made his debut in 2007 against the Kangaroos. Um, so he's half-back, uh, rebounding player for us. Played 26 games for Essendon between 2007 and 10 uh, for nine goals. Didn't get the kind of games that, that obviously he would have really wanted. He's come across in 2011 to Tigerland. 185 games, 33 goals. Been an absolutely brilliant player. Probably unlucky not to win a Jack Dyer medal or, or, or even uh, unlucky not to win a Norm Smith as well. He's kicked 33 goals for us. Just been one of the most amazing players. Been All-Australian in 2019 last year. Uh, you know, just one of those players that has done so much for us. Rebounding halfbacker, just a fantastic uh, disposal of the ball. Um, you know, he, he is a devout Muslim, and it's just awesome to uh, to see that, you know, um, that's been able to come across being from a Lebanese background as well. Uh, Mil Hanna, probably the last person who came from from that background or was prominently from that background. Uh, been married for, you know, 10 or 11 years. Uh, 10 or 11 years, they have two beautiful daughters and a, and a son as well, born this year. Uh, one of the reasons that Hawley has um, not been in the bubble up until now. Just a brilliant community leader, uh, inspirational for young Australians and, and obviously uh, young um, 
uh, Muslim footballers as well. Uh, you know, he has established the Bashahuli Cup, um, which is an intra-club school competition for Islamic schools. So beyond the footballer that he is, just an amazing human being. Um, we love him to bits at Tigerland. We love him as a person. He's going to have an amazing career post-football in whatever he decides to do. And, you know, just hope he has a brilliant end to this season as the uh, twilight of his career comes into play. Uh, we love you, Basher. We love everything about you, mate. So congratulations, and um, we're really happy to have you back in the team. Well, thanks for joining me on another episode of Forever Yellow and Black. I'm your host, Paul. You can get me on Twitter at Paul underscore football. You can also follow us on Twitter at Forever Yellow and Black and on Facebook at Forever Yellow and Black. Join in the Tiger conversation. And as always, go Tigers!